1: Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. The new year is up and running, but some things are consistent. Once again, I'm joined by Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis.
2: Well, I'm glad to know at least I'm consistent. <laughs> you're nothing if you're
1: not consistent. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, no question. You know, probably everybody listening to this or watching it uh, has either had cancer or knows somebody who has. Um, and how do you handle such a diagnosis. Well, today's story, maybe it'll help you along the way. And then we're going to talk about dreams. More specifically, we're going to talk about the size of our dreams. So uh, that's coming up. But first, we need to talk about our trivia question from last week. Um, and that was the trivia question was, when and where was the first Ironman triathlon?
2: Now, you knew this, right? I did. I yeah, think. Lane actually did a book report on this when he was in like the third grade. Oh, I bet that was cool. Yeah. I bet he
1: loved that. He did. A book report that he, you know, a school kid can really get into. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Uh, a triathlon, of course, for those of you who are not real clear, the triathlon is a swim, a cycle, and a run, almost always in that order. Um, the three sports um, are contested in a continuous way so that you go from one to the other with a transition in between each one. Um, and this started in the early 1970s. Now, we look at a sport that is as big as triathlon because triathlon is fairly sizable. I mean, it's an Olympic sport right now, right? So it's fairly sizable, but it only began in the 70s. So. And it started with the San Diego Track Club. Uh, the triathlon was designed by those folks to be something to supplement their running, so uh, which is great for all of us that are in the run club and thinking about running all the time to understand that. The first event was held on September 25th of 1974. Two guys, uh, Don Shanahan and Jack Johnstone, were the pioneers behind this and the guys who kind of organized this. And, of course, the San Diego Track Club sponsored the event. Um, and at that point in time, the triathlon was a 10-kilometer run, an 8-kilometer cycle, and a 500-meter uh, swim. That sounds crazy now because all of those, those distances are way out of proportion from what we're used to, um, but that's, that was the first one. So in 1989, uh, the sport was awarded Olympic status. When you think about that, that is crazy to think that you go from the first event ever held an Olympic sport in mm-hmm. 15 years. But that happened. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it was voted on in, in 89. It started in 2000. So um, amazing from, from no triathlon to an Olympic event, 26 years total.
2: So let, let, me, let me challenge you or ask a question because I'm pretty sure I, I know the answer to this. But your question was when and where was the first Ironman triathlon, not the first... Triathlon, and if I'm not mistaken, the first Ironman was in Hawaii in 1978. And you're right, because it was the year I was born.
1: And you're right; that
2: is that is true.
1: And you know what? Now that you say that, I've I really messed up up on the answer. The wording,
2: the wording matters. But you're right; the first triathlon was in in 1974 in San Diego. But the first Ironman triathlon came as a result of, I believe, those same guys kind of it, it came as a result of kind of a dare let's let's take this to extreme and yeah. why they decided to do it in hawaii i don't remember why maybe we need to ask lane about this but yeah but the answer to the question i believe is actually, is actually 1978 hawaii. in hawaii that is true
1: that is true man uh, that's <laughs> th- this is uh this is on the fly this is what happens <laughs> When you, uh, you know, you're just trying to put stuff together and, you know, yeah, you're right. that I was thinking triathlon, but it, uh, first Ironman. Now, Ironman triathlon, too, interestingly, is not an Olympic correct event, right? Correct.
2: Um, Lane calls it the old man sport. Yeah. The well, old people sport. The
1: old people triathlon. That's typically what happens, right? Right. Um, now they have these ITU. Um, mm-hmm. in, in, what's that? The International Triathlon Union. Yeah. Um, it started in 1989, was... And that's a highly competitive... Right. Diff- whole, it's really different. It is. It, yeah,
2: it it kind of takes... The biking is, is more criterium-style racing, um, whereby you can draft and you can... They're usually big packs. Um, a lot more spectator-friendly because it's usually a circuit where you see them come by several times. Ironman, on the other hand, is... They go out... 55 miles, and they come back. Uh, so it's not very spectator-friendly, but the ITU, which is what Lane does and the team that, that we've coached in the past did. Um, and what they do in the Olympics. It's what they do in the Olympics. Um, so, yeah, Lane, Lane kind of gets frustrated when people come up and say, oh, you do Ironman. He's like, nope, that's not <laughs> what I do. Two yeah. different worlds. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you got got Ironman, and then you've got ITU-style racing, which is the Olympic sport. Uh, but many times those ITU racers... For instance, people who have been in the Olympics, they kind of graduate to the Ironman distance. Um, And that's why so many records are being shattered now in the Ironman events, is because these guys who learned, these guys and gals who learned to get really fast at the short distance, well, now they're just adding mileage and they're just shattering. Just about every Ironman for the past several years, there's been a record fall, a course record, because you're getting these the the knowledge of how to get fast is 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 catching up to the triathlon world yeah. and it's you know a lot of people think longer is better when you're younger but it's actually the opposite shorter get fast learn how to hurt get you know so so yeah i, I didn't mean to throw a monkey wrench in your um, that's fantastic your statistics uh, here yeah yeah well it,
1: i mean that that is where where triathlon started Right. Well, Ironman triathlon was so. What four was the actual
2: later. question last week?
1: The actual question was when and where was the first Ironman triathlon? Okay. So yeah, and it was in Hawaii in 1978, um, hmm. and and was it was kind of a similar thing though? Like you said, it was these folks looking for something a little bit different, a little bit more, and yeah.
2: uh, and they figured out that I believe there was a debate going on between the group of guys that. One was a swimmer, one was a biker, one was a runner, and they were all saying, my sport's harder, no, my sport's harder. And for whatever reason, they decided, well, let's just do all three in a day and see how that turns out. Um, and the distances are, are interesting because
1: the, the running portion, you understand, it's a marathon. Right. Right. I, I wonder how they got to a 2.4-mile swim.
2: Probably the same way they got to a 26.2-mile run.
1: Well, the twenty-two six point six mile run started though a long time before that. Was there an event that was a two point four mile swim at some point in time that was considered a long event? Yeah, I don't know. And then, and then, same thing for the bike ride. You know, it's one hundred and twelve miles. Well, I, my gut, my gut tells me that the that course was that was the just course. the course they that set was the up. The course they set up, yeah. Yep. And they decided to to make the run twenty six point two miles because twenty six point two miles made sense because it's a right. marathon. Exactly. Yeah. and then the biker had to go well the (laughs) equivalent for 26.2 miles running is we
2: can hear the conversations you know we (laughs) we can understand those yeah good question Uh, yeah it was a good question
1: an interesting one and um you know people have gotten crazy now people have gotten crazy with these because (laughs) now you don't just have Ironman, you have double Ironmans, you have triple Ironmans, and now there is a deca Ironman where it's ten times the distance.
2: Well, if you remember the very first volume of the five K challenge, we talk about Gary Brasher who was a, a deca Ironman, and yeah, those people are insane. Yeah, you <laughs> know, they're that's that's and, just an extreme glutton for punishment.
1: And this has led to other other things. There was something somebody told me one day to pull this pull up this website one time, and and I did and the website was youmaydie.com <laughs> <laughs> so i checked it out and it was about this race that was it was partially running but it was a very small portion of it portion of it um but you can go now that's been kind of absorbed into another another race series mm-hmm. kind of but it's it's diving. It's it's bringing. You, you have to carry like a, an
2: adventure type a race. big
1: roll of coins with you and buy. It's weird. It's a weird thing, but it's uh, very interesting. If there's a there's an article about a guy who was a reporter who decided to try this thing and wrote his account of this thing, and it's it's really interesting. It's really yeah. interesting, but crazy. Yeah. It's and it's not for runners. It's not for runners. One of the things they had to do was they had to. At one point in time, they had to dig a hole in a particular area, and they had to fill up a wheelbarrow and had to run this wheelbarrow a hundred meters across a, a field, and then dump it in something else. And they they had to do so much of this digging and dumping was was part of the race. Mm-hmm. And again, it's to me it's it's a little closer related to to uh, what's the sport where they do all the other the. Uh, uh, they run and they weightlift and they um, gosh it's on like the tip of the American
2: team. ninja warrior
1: or? No they, they they do a lot of weightlifting and then they'll run after right afterwards oh, CrossFit CrossFit yeah CrossFit yeah to me that's more CrossFit type stuff than, than running stuff but yeah. which CrossFit is a whole different category and a whole different it sport It is yeah um, and some of those folks are amazing athletes Which is
2: pretty cool I mean it it's it people they're they're getting very creative in ways to stay fit yeah, and scratch that crazy itch that a lot of athletes have you know they they want to do something kind of crazy that people say can't be done and that's in every sport really I mean it's not just running or triathlon it's it's every sport there's extreme yeah I think there's a whole channel dedicated to that now what's it called Um uh, my mind well, just went well, I know you What got, are the games? The, the, the You got the X Games. X Games. Yeah, the X yeah, Games. I mean, yeah. That's how that came
1: about. with was, yeah. was people doing crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of the stuff they do on motorcycles and other things these days are like, when I was a kid, you never would have thought about any of that A backflip
2: on a motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, who would have ever thought? It, yeah. They said that that, um, what's the word? It's... We're having a
1: hard time with words. Geometrically, but
2: (laughs) physiologically, it it can't happen. Is that the right word? Yeah, maybe so. Gravity says it can't happen, but they figured out how to make it happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, listen, if you're out there and you're wondering, okay, why are they talking about all this extreme stuff? That's not me. I'm just a beginning runner, and I'm just hoping to get to the end of a 5K finish line. Listen, we get it. But a lot of those people, they started there. I was that person. So uh, sometimes that's where that's where it starts. And if you, hey, listen, we're not denigrating anybody who doesn't go to those crazy extremes. Of course, Um, if you're the person who you just want to get to the end of that 3.1 miles, it's great Mm -hmm. because that's your extreme. Everybody's extreme is different. There's that guy who did the DECA triathlon. I've done an Ironman triathlon. I am never, ever going to get on the starting line of a DECA Ironman triathlon. It ain't going to happen.
2: I'll never do any. I shouldn't say never. I do not plan to ever do anything that has ultra associated with it again. Ultra (laughs) marathon, ultra Ironman, ultra whatever. I just, um, maybe that'll change, but I I don't think I'll ever do that again. I've, I've tried it a few times and not for me. Yeah. Some guys love it. Some yeah. some guys and girls they just they love the longer the better, you know. How many blisters can I get and how nearest can I get on a run? And that's just it's just not appealing to me anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, their motivation is not a lot different than that beginning runner who wants to get to the exactly. end of the 5K finish line. It's just it's the next step. Mm-hmm. So. Um, some people just want to take way, too, way more steps than others. Sure. <laughs> um, hey, don't forget that we have a Strava group out there that uh, if you're a runner and you use Strava, of course, it's really easy to join that Strava group. But if you, I had never used Strava until, I don't know, eight or nine months ago mm-hmm. when we set up this group and I thought, well, I, I better join.
2: Man, and so that group's gotten big too.
1: And the group's gotten big and it's really neat to go back and look and see what everybody's doing. So, yeah. Um, it's kind of, if
2: people don't know what Strava is, it's kind of, I compare it to, it's kind of like the social media for endurance athletes. So you, it's where you post your, it's a lot of times it'll sync with your Garmin or your Suunto or whatever hardware you have for your run. And, but you can, you know, there's segments and things that you can kind of break. It's, it's kind of a, it turns into a community of workouts yeah you know yeah. you can see other people's workouts and you can see yours and look at all your stats and they create these little competitions inside of it and it's 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 really cool
1: yeah it's an, and it's encouraging to go in there and see what everybody and does if you're doing. a run
2: club member you can join the run club strava group right
1: yeah and you can see what other people in the run club are doing and uh, I know that that some people have asked me you know why why don't I post my workouts and stuff on uh, on the Facebook page and it's because I just never have been that way. Mm -hmm. I've just never done that. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, and so I, I I just don't do that. And so, uh, but if you want to see my workouts, they're in the they're in the Strava.
2: Yeah, Strava. That's what it's built for. Yeah, you know the Facebook. It's more built. The Facebook group is more for conversation and encouragement. But the Strava, that's that's what it's all about. It's and just so you know, if if you've tried to join. And you weren't able to get in, it's because we do check to make sure that you are a member of run club for two reasons it's part of it's a perk of being the run club, but we also don't want some weirdos in there yeah um we we really we really vet who's coming in and if if you're a member, then we consider you one of us and and we'll let you in but if if we don't know who you are and you tried to tried to get in then chances are we we denied you and it's just because you know, it's a it's a little bit not that it's personal information, but it's it's information that you don't just want the whole world to see. So yeah. that's that's kind of an extra step we take that we we personally look at each name yeah. that requests to be on there.
1: And, and listen, if you've got depending on the watch that you have, uh, it can be extremely easy. Mine, mm-hmm. I know that a lot of times I run with my phone because I'm listening to a podcast or something, and by the t- I hit stop and save, and when I hit save, like 10 seconds later, it's already uploaded.
2: Well, if you use Garmin Connect, it'll do the same thing. Yeah, as soon cut. as it hits Garmin, Garmin sends it to Strava. It gets into Strava quicker than it does Garmin sure. Connect. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> no
1: figure. <laughs> um, well, as always, we are proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform, J Radio. If you haven't checked them out yet, what are you waiting for?
0: You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Let's go. Some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at JRadio.com and download the app in your App Store. J Radio, music for every moment.
1: And we are back, and don't forget that you can send questions, messages, whatever you have to dean at runforgod.com. My email traffic has picked up significantly over the past uh, short while. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about doing something probably, uh, well, by the time you hear this, I will have already done it, but uh, a Somebody had, had had asked me some particular questions, which I thought, well, there might be a lot of people that want to know that, and so I'm probably going to share it on a Thursday night mm-hmm. um, soon. So, if you don't know about us, though, make sure you go to runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com and learn more about who we are, what we do, um, and and you can you can get the skinny mm. on what's going on. <laughs> Uh, and don't forget that we'd love to hear your story. We're about to share a story, and you can submit your story. Um, and, again, a- another thing where traffic has picked up, we've received four or five stories in the last few weeks, and hmm. um, we'd love to see those stories. So mm-hmm. uh, you've got a story. Don't say you don't because you do. And uh, we'd love to hear your story. And we'll, as we always say, if you're a part of a run club, um, you get your story in there quicker. go to the front of the line you go to the front of the line and that this week's story is one of those so um i'm getting i'm getting more emails than ever like i said and i'm getting a lot of people who are sending me emails saying i signed up for this couch to me or i've seen posts too i've signed up for couch to marathon and i'm really scared what are we telling those folks mitchell
2: you should be scared. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's you, you can't look at that's why we that's why we're we're so cautious about telling people just to go download the training plans and mm-hmm. because you can you can wig yourself out by looking um a year down the road. Yeah. You can you can look and see that yeah, I mean a year down the road or nine, ten months, eleven months down the road, you you're gonna see eighteen and twenty mile runs. And if you never run a day in your life, that's very intimidating. I haven't ran a marathon in several years. So 18, 20 miles to me right now is very intimidating. But it's just like everything else. We promise you that if you will do, if you will stick to the plan, do it as prescribed and don't jump ahead. Let's park right there for just a second. We've <laughs> already seen the post on social media. Yep the people didn't say haven't said they've never run before but it's pretty obvious by the way they're talking that they've never run before or they haven't run in years and they're saying i went out and ran 2 miles last night don't do that yeah. don't please don't do that stick to the plan we're by the time this airs we would have we we started last night uh there's still plenty of time for you to get in we've always said that people can join the 5k challenge people who have never run for the first several weeks 5 6 weeks You can join, even if you've never run and start where we're at. Um, but if you stick to the plan, is it going to be a challenge? Yes. Can you do it? Absolutely. Mm. No question. No doubt. Trust us, trust us and we'll get you there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away that, you know, we had some kind of loose goals. I think we've already talked about this and, Mm. um, As of this recording, we're over 1,300 people who are starting this journey with us. And I have a feeling, oh, I'm not going to say what my feeling is. I think we're going to be a lot more than that by the time this actually airs. Um, And I think it's because we've struck a chord. People have this on their bucket list. And if you look anywhere in the nation, there's really no good place. If you say, I'm going to run a marathon. The challenges are really the same today as back when they when I ran my first marathon. Yeah. There's not a lot of places to plug in for a marathon training group where you get the where you don't get looked down on number 1. That's yeah. that's common. You know, our sport um it's a different culture in a lot of places. Yeah. And so that's not the case here. We welcome every we won't. We want the people who have never run. So the intimidation factor's out the window. The The I'm better than you is out the window. People realize that. And we've struck a chord. This is on a lot of people's bucket list. Uh, A lot of people who have um, never thought they could, it's on their list. And we're simply giving them an avenue by which they can reach this goal of running a marathon. So if you're listening to this, number one, you're not a Run Club member. Number two, you're not signed up for the Couch to Marathon. Do it today. Do it today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're going to be able to do this. You just need mm-hmm. to have some faith. And and as Mitchell said, trust us. Mm-hmm. We, we can help get you there. Our story this week comes from Linda Herndon, and she is in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, and it's called Those Three Little Words. Those three little words, whenever you hear them, you listen up because you know something important is going to follow. I'm sorry, but you fill in the blank. What I heard was, I'm sorry, but you have cancer. What? Not me. I feel great. Ovarian cancer? There has to be a mistake. Stage four, that was almost seven years ago, And it wasn't a mistake. I had stage 4 ovarian cancer that had metastasized from my ovaries to my lungs. Not three words you want to hear. Your mind races, full of disbelief, while your body slowly deflates. In a room full of people, you instantly feel alone. Been there, done that. Now I want to share a few more words with you. You are not alone. According to the American Cancer Society, a new case of cancer is diagnosed every 20 seconds in this country. It's impossible to find someone who hasn't been touched by cancer. A friend, a colleague, a relative, or maybe even yourself. Even at this alarming rate of occurrence, a cancer diagnosis is deeply personal. You have two choices. You can stay bitter, or you can fight to become better better physically, mentally, and emotionally. It is not easy. You have been dealt a blow that you didn't deserve. Your new normal may include sickness and surgery, chemo and confusion. Welcome to my world. Does it sound like yours? Diagnosed stage 4 serious ovarian cancer in 2015. No instruction manual provided information was technical and non-personal i was a statistic with a patient id number as a result of my fight i have learned a few things i would like to share with you a kind of manual on surviving cancer 101 i'm sorry i wasn't i'm sorry i won't cure you but i pray it's going to make you feel better hopefully It will help you find your new inner strength and not feel so alone in your fight. First, grab a package of tissues. It's okay to cry, cry, sob, or even scream. Life's not fair. How will I manage? Things are out of control. I'm scared. Wow, that's a lot to handle. Allow yourself a good cry, but don't let yourself stay there when the tissues are gone so are the tears. Second, worship God. Faith in something bigger than yourself is crucial. The same Savior that set the stars in the the sky created you and me. Kneel down, look up, and dig inside to discover the creator and lover of your soul. The reward for this exercise will be peace. It's important to locate the source of your strength and peace. It gives you balance and keeps you from uh, driving yourself crazy, even by yourself, you won't be alone. The next step is hard because it requires putting one foot in front of the other. Exercise, time to start walking. You must get started on a daily habit of incorporating physical activity into your new life. This time, you're on your own. No one can do this one for you. Start slowly stretching and walking. Each day, take one more step. Add one more exercise. Work through the exercises, and in time, you will enjoy amazing benefits. It's true. Laughter is the best medicine. Just put on a red nose and try not to laugh at yourself and feel better. Laughter is where modern medicine and miracles meet. Laughter has been proven to ease pain, improve attitudes, stretch muscles, burn calories and release endorphins. It doesn't cost anything and insurance can't bill you for it. Finally, it's chocolate time. Don't eat the cheap stuff. Save the good dishes. Don't eat the cheap stuff. Save the good dishes or wait to apologize. Celebrate every single day and live your dreams work through your bucket list, and then start a new one. Emerging new medicines used with faith, exercise, and laughter can give you a great life. Remember your two choices. Don't just survive, thrive. (laughs) This one hit home a little bit for you, didn't it?
2: It did. It did. You know, for for people listening, I had uh, stage 4 testicular cancer when I was 19 years old. Um. But I, I think I was a little bit like Linda here. I, first of all, I don't think I ever fully believed I had cancer, not not because I doubted the doctors, but because I was an arrogant nineteen-year-old. Um, so I remember I was pretty young in my career. I was, I mean, I got into the building industry right when I grew, long before I graduated high school. I was working on job sites. But I'll never forget when I was taking chemo. I made the decision that I wasn't going to have the pity party. I had the time that she talked about where I was uh, pretty devastated when I got the news. But um, I decided that I wasn't going to stay there. And I remember I was drawing blueprints. I was making phone calls. I had had a full-on – I made them put a little table in front of me at my chemo, and I had a full-blown desk. I had an executive suite – (laughs) <laughs> in the chemo room, and the ladies, they it, they loved it because, I guess, of my attitude. And, and I would watch people around me, and you would see all different kinds. You know, this chemo room, there was probably 15 of us in, in the room taking chemo. And most of the people were older. I was the only person probably under 40 in the room. And the people who stayed in that state that, that Linda talks about, man, it just drug them down it mm-hmm. affected their health it affected i'm not going to go as far as saying it affected their survival rate but it affected their quality of life for sure yeah um and yeah i remember i would take i would make them put the iv bag on a on a portable rolling thing and i would go walk around outside <laughs> you know i was the patient chemo patient that was walking laps around the hospital and kind of a funny story i even figured out this was back before ivs were digital and they were, they had the little dial on them. And I got to watching the lady one day. My, my chemo took about six hours to do. And I figured out that that dial was speeding up the drip. And so she, she turned, she set me up and she turned around and walked away. Well, I reached up and sped the drip up. <laughs> and that day, my drip, my bags were over in like three hours. And I'll never forget the nurse. She said, have you been messing with this drip? And I said, Yeah. I <laughs> I was nineteen. <laughs> she said, This that this could harm you. This stuff is, you know, it's poison basically and, and too much. It can make you lightheaded and disoriented and I'm like, Okay, but it'd get me out of here a lot earlier <laughs> and she went on to tell me the other side effects that it could have, which could be pretty serious, but um but yeah, I I, I completely can relate to everything that that Linda said and and it's all about your um I've talked to some people who've been diagnosed with cancer and things like this before and and been able to tell them my story and my my advice is always the same keep your head up and act like you don't have it. Yeah. Um I never liked people coming up to me and you know with the sad eyes and the you know so you know how rumors get around town I had one foot in the grave. Yeah. In the rumor mill but I never liked that. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to talk about it. You know, my family would try to talk to me about it, and I just didn't want to talk about
1: it. And that's different than just flat denying something.
2: Right. But I'm not, you, saying not saying don't deny it. I'm saying act like yeah. you don't have it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because if you can talk yourself into feeling bad. Yeah, absolutely. And I talked myself into feeling good, even though there were days that I felt crummy. Yeah. You know, the day after chemo, you just feel horrible. But I would go to work, and because it's it's kind of like this it's kind of like exercise you know when you get done exercising it it hurt, and you're completely worn out, but at the end of the day, you're like, "Oh, I did something, and that's the most satisfying thing in life is to do something that people say you shouldn't be able to do yeah. and to to go out and do a workout that people say you shouldn't be able to go do or to go to work when you have stage four cancer and you had chemo the day before. It's hard, but it does something to your psyche. And I, I, I'm glad you included this story because, you know, this isn't really running related, but, yeah, cancer, I can tell you probably 10 people right now off the top of my head that have cancer. It's it's a disease that touches so many, so people. many people right mm-hmm. now, and it, this is just a great story to include here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I would argue that this is very relevant to running In in this. And, and what you just talked about is that, the way we look at getting out the door to go run is so critically important to the quality of our life mm-hmm. because if if we're going out there and we and we're looking at the run as oh gosh, I got to get a run in today mm-hmm. sometime i got I gotta figure out where am I gonna fit in another one of these sweat sessions that's gonna be hard
2: mm-hmm.
1: or are you are, are you looking at it as man, at what point in time am I gonna find space for me to spend some time with God Mm -hmm. or for me to do something for myself that's good for me. And the way you look at that just has a tremendous impact on how that next 30 minutes, hour, however long you're out there goes. Mm -hmm. And not only that time, but the time afterwards as well. Mm -hmm. So,
2: yeah. And I mean, I'm by nature an optimist. Yeah, I'm always a glass half full guy. And some people are naturally pessimist, um, but you can change that. You can mm-hmm. force yourself to to look on the brighter side of things and not always look on the, the negative side of things. I mean, that, that disease could have taken me out. Mm-hmm. I thank God that it didn't. But I was never going to think that. I was, like I said, I had a, a rough day or two. I gave myself a day or two to kind of just have the pity party. But then I moved on and I said, you know, it's not going to do me any good to be like that. And, I mean... I think some of the arrogance of being a 19-year-old played into that as well. <laughs> but there's a lot, you can learn a lot from an arrogant 19-year-old when it comes to things like this. Yeah. And it's their outlook.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have some scripture passages here. The first one is, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Matthew fourteen twenty-seven, Um And this was that point at which He's walking on the sea. There's a storm. He's coming toward the the boat, and and they're like, um, "Oh my gosh, uh, w- there's a ghost out there!" And he's like,
2: "Don't worry, mm-hmm. it's me. I'm here, right?" Um, but you you know you made a, a statement, a very important statement. Linda made a, a very important statement. They knew his voice. Yeah, and I think that uh you know whether it's cancer or it's the busyness of life, I mean all of our lives are chaotic. We're 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 a, such a busy society that it's so much more important to slow down and find time to do nothing so that we can hear God's voice and we can understand when it's Him talking. I, I still go back to the statement that, did you make the statement or just did you read the statement where I'm so busy today that I need to find more time to spend with God? Yeah, that's so, Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many times that's, that's the time that we— We'll push aside, and as a result of that, we, we don't recognize when God's talking to us because yeah. God is often talking to us. Yeah. It's do we recognize his voice?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love the way he says take heart in here because you got to realize the situation. Put that in context. Mm-hmm. There's this big storm around them. Cancer is a storm, right? I think they're going to die. It's a different kind of storm, but it's, it's, a, it's a storm. Take heart. Be calm. It's okay. I'm here, and -hmm. I can provide everything that you need in this moment, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, Scripture passage number two. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Of course, that's Isaiah (laughs) 41.10. A lot of times we hear that don't be afraid part, um, and we forget the he is with us part. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they go hand in hand. It kind of goes with what you were just saying about knowing His voice. Um,
2: yeah, I mean it's it's during these insanely difficult times. I mean you, you just look around look look around and see what's going on around us right now, or or look back at at what was going on in, in Linda's life at the time. It's these it's these insanely difficult times that we can reflect Jesus the brightest. Um, mm-hmm. You know, society would say. It's okay to be angry and and bitter. I mean, you just got dealt cancer. It's okay to be angry and bitter. So so when we're not man, what a what a what a great testimony to the one that gives us that peace because society looks at us a lost society looks at us and says, "Why are they not bitter? Why are they not angry?" Because that's the normal. So when we're not normal, when we're different, we're shining Jesus brighter than ever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the interesting things is that when I was reading this story, and I saw where where Linda had said, um, "I didn't deserve this,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: in, in the context of the cancer story. Yeah, that I get that, and and it makes it makes sense in that story. But think about this: we deserve a lot worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we're all sinners mm-hmm. and condemned to hell, and so we deserve. Worse, right. but we can live better because of what he did for us. Exactly. So. Scripture passage three, faith is the assurance of all things hoped for and the conviction of all things not seen. That's Hebrews eleven
2: one. <laughs> you know, I remember this. verse. I know the New King James Version off the top of my head. Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The reason I know that is because my pastor did a series on this several years ago. And it was like a twelve-week series, but he started every single Sunday with reading that one verse. So it's like seared into my brain. <laughs> but the the gist of that verse to me is is a piece that goes beyond understanding. is is like the wind. It's obviously there. It's obviously there. The wind is obviously there. I can look out the wind and I can see the trees moving right now, mm-hmm. but you can't see it. And that's so hard that's so hard to grasp. But when you understand, when you can relate something like the wind to faith, then it starts to come into better focus. And um, there again, you've got to slow down and and really let that sink in to understand it.
1: Yeah. 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 I think the assurance part of that is, is a realization, right? The assurance. I think we think about the, uh, our assurance. What does assurance mean? And, Assurance is not just, I heard something good and it's positive and and it makes me feel better. It's the realization mm-hmm. of what, of what's going on there. And I, I think that's a big, it's a big thing and a mm-hmm. big difference in the way a lot of times we look at that statement. Question number one, have I been a good person? Why did God, uh, excuse me, but I have been a good person. Why did God allow this to happen to me? I mean that's the age-old
2: question, right? Yeah, and it's such a it's such a um, a non-eternal worldview. Now, I'm not saying that flippantly. I, I have that same worldview sometimes too, because why do why do bad things happen to good people? But we got to remember what Romans eight twenty eight says: all things work to the good for those who love God. You know, when I read this question this morning, when I was going through this outline. You know, my mind went back to Katie Withlow Hammondtree, who is the young lady in our hometown who got acute myeloid leuke- leuke- leukemia, and I'll never she. There's there's two things that really set run for God on a forward t- trajectory. It was H.R. Poe confronting me about running in my life, and it was Katie's story and and we we talk a lot about HR's comment to me but Katie's story she, she got dealt a blow she was pregnant and she come down with this acute myeloid leukemia um and she was given the option of she she could abort her baby and start chemotherapy or not abort her baby but the the, the chemo would all likely create an aborted fetus yeah uh, it would kill the baby um or she could roll the dice, have her baby, and most likely die and the latter is what happened she chose hmm. she chose God's plan, although it was a terrible hand to be dealt. she changed so many people's lives because of her attitude she she did she knew she had a death sentence but she she began to shine brighter than she had ever shined in her life, and she changed so many people's lives. She's what part of the half of the reason that this ministry started was because we were we were doing a run back then in her honor, and it's that's where I saw the power of a t shirt yeah we were We were running with these shirts that said running for Katie, and how many people saw it? so so that one life that bright beacon in a very dark place partly spurred this ministry on and changed hundreds of lives in our community. And she's just a good example of, in God's grand design, that is why sometimes bad things from an earthly standpoint happen to good people. I know where Katie is today, and she's not doing bad. Yeah. She's doing better than all of us could ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But she made so much good in the process of doing what we saw as is, is bad. So it's just, it's just your perspective.
1: Well, let me share another story with you. And I haven't even shared this with you personally. This will be something you haven't heard before. That, uh, and this just happened this last week. My brother just got out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. He had double pneumonia and COVID. And um, thankfully, it looks like he's going to be fine. But that's a horrible thing to go through, right? Mm-hmm. He couldn't breathe. I mean, it was – my brother, if you guys, if you're watching this, you see me and picture the opposite, and that's my brother. Mm-hmm. My brother is five inches taller than me and 150 pounds heavier than me. Mm-hmm. and uh, Body slam you in a heartbeat. <laughs> it, easily. Um, and he's a tough guy. He's mm-hmm. a man's man. He's just that way, right? Yeah. He's a rugged, rugged kind of guy. He was, he was almost crying. Mm. over this whole thing it was so bad he goes to the hospital he gets in the hospital while he's in the hospital he has a phone call with his father my father Mm -hmm. um Darren's 54 years old for the first time in his life he heard my father tell him he loved him Mm. the first time in either one of our lives that my father ever told either one of us Mm. That he loves them. You think about the power of what a bad situation can be, and uh, Katie is a great story. This is a whole different, whole different category and a whole different direction. My brother heard. My brother called me as soon as he got off the phone with my father and said, "You're never gonna believe mm. what what just happened. Mm. It was the most meaningful thing that he's probably ever had happen in his whole life. Wouldn't have happened had he not been in the hospital." And my father felt compelled to share that with him. And uh, that's just the way God works with these things. And so if you're out there and you're struggling with something, whether it be cancer or something else, just know there's, there's something out there that, that God may have for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I, I've said we're gonna, I'm going to share this on here, and maybe we need to do it here in the next few weeks. But, I mean, I, I wrote my dad's eulogy when he was laying on his deathbed, and the title that I put at the top of the page of his eulogy is Cancer Saved His Life. Now think about that. My dad ultimately died from cancer, but it saved his life. And that's one of those situations where I get it. I get why bad things, and I put those in air quotes, because in the end, from eternal perspective, they're not bad things. They're crummy, crappy things that happen here on this earth. But from an eternal standpoint, from God's perspective, which we can't understand that, We'll never understand that on this side of glory. We may never understand that in glory. I hope we do, but I get it. I understand it, and I'm so glad that I've had these moments in my lives, in my life, where it's like I can say, "Okay, God, I get it. Mm -hmm. I understand it." And that's why. And we're going to go into some of these other questions on down, but um, it's why I don't. I don't have a fear. I, I have a peace. If if that came back to me, cancer or whatever, I have a peace with that. And that's how you you know, we asked the question before a race. Do you know that you know that you know? If you died today, if you met your mortality, where you would spend eternity? If the answer is yes, then you have peace. Yeah. You don't see these necessarily as a bad thing from a from an eternal perspective. But if the answer is no, then you don't have peace with that question, and I, I, I challenge everybody listening to this: think about that question. Do you know? Does does that make the hair on your back of your neck stand up, and and kind of make your stomach start turning, or does you have that warm peace come over you? Mm-hmm. That that's either the presence of God or that's the absence of God, and and a God trying to convict you. Think about that. And if if you're struggling with the answer to that question, go to. I mean, we have a webpage built just for this runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. It's, it's named that for a reason because there either is peace or there's a lack of peace. There's no, there's no gray area in this conversation. So we didn't plan on getting on this conversation, but if you're listening, I mean, really, yeah. go, go to that webpage and you're going to find all you want to know about exactly what we're talking about.
1: And that's the way you deal with not just fear over, over your mortality, but fear over anything. Mm-hmm. is that's that's the way to overcome fear mm-hmm. and uh yeah absolutely one hundred percent true my mother you know she had cancer in the in the years before she passed away, and it brought her so much closer to mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. because um she realized at the, at that point in time um that that's where that's where she could get rid of
0: the fear she got it and she did mm-hmm. absolutely. If your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch your pearls, we can help. If your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years, we can handle that. If you need a break from the day to spend time with God and recognize His goodness, we'd love to be a part of that. Whether it's rock and metal, classic songs from decades past, or heartfelt worship music, J Radio has you covered. Sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today
1: all right we are back and boy isn't it exciting to see run club growing like it is growing
2: it's crazy it's keeping us i had to call in the troops last night you know holly's probably gonna kill me for saying this on the air but i mean holly and gay are a little bit overwhelmed with the the kits going out, and so we, we. I called in my mom and our neighbor last night. Great, Alyssa Dean was on here last week with us. Yeah, uh, Dean's wife Alyssa, she's over there all packing boxes and trying to get. So we called in the cavalry last night because the response is just, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I think it's, it's going to be so fun to start this Couch to Marathon challenge. Um, it is. It's it's going to be a challenge, but we you've got. As of right now, you've got thirteen hundred of your best friends doing it with you, so uh, it's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, we're just we're seeing God do things that um, is, is amazing right now, and it's cool. It's time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Have you ever thought about the size of your dreams? I think it's important. Let me make a case for that, uh, for for those thoughts right here. And this is entitled, How Big Are Your Dreams? Pastor Ike Reichard said, The day our memories become bigger than our dreams is the day our soul begins to shrink. They say that those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. While that's 100% true, we have to use caution as we look back at our past. We can use our past to avoid an injury of yesterday for sure, but we can also use our past to limit what we can do today. Do you ever use the phrase, I've never done that before? Of course, we all have. And when we think about that, there is a potential to follow that thought with, so I can't do it now. What we have accomplished will often shape what we think we can accomplish or maybe you're on the other end of that spectrum like me you see my mother told me when I was young son you can do anything you put your mind to well I believed her and to this day I tend to go a little past where I should because I think I can do anything at my age though it's not always a wise thought kind of like jumping over that fence <laughs> Just because we have done something doesn't mean we can do something. I could dunk a basketball when I was in college. I can't touch the rim now. And although I could work on it and maybe get to the point where I can touch the rim, there is no way that I could ever dunk a basketball again. Sad? Well, maybe. But there are a million things I can do now that I couldn't do then. I think it's a fair trade-off. Back to the quote. We should be living for today and tomorrow and not yesterday. I love to talk about the old days when I could run really fast, but I can't run that fast anymore. There's nothing wrong with, taking, with talking about it or reminiscing, but I have to draw a line. Today, I think about being the fastest version of myself that I can be right now. That version is going to slow down as I get older, and that's fine. I can't get hung up on what used to be. I can still have dreams. Those dreams are different than they were 40 years ago. But I can still dream, right? When we stop dreaming or thinking about what can be, we are relegated to the whims of the world and whatever gets our focus today. Like we're drifting down a river and are going wherever the current takes us. But maybe we don't want to go where the river goes Maybe we want to swim back upstream, or take a tributary somewhere, or maybe we want to get out of the river altogether. The bottom line is this. It takes effort to dream. We have to be purposeful about it. Then we have to expend more energy to realize those dreams. They don't have to be huge dreams, but we need to dream, and those dreams have to be larger than our memories. Use the past to guide you through the future, but don't dwell on it or keep living in it. Paul said this in, the letter to, said this in the letter to the Philippians in chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal uh, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul understood that it was important to keep pressing forward, to keep trying to be better for Christ. Because he was humble, he understood that he would never achieve perfection, but he would keep refining what he was doing and being the best version of himself he could be. And that's who we're called to be today. We should learn from our past, both physically and spiritually, but then we should dream of living a life that God would look at and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Then we should quickly move on to talking, taking all the steps necessary to reaching that dream. No matter who you are, there is a better version of you just waiting to be molded through your purposeful action. Dream today, execute tomorrow, and move down the road to a better physical and spiritual health.
2: That's a good story, Dean, but I need to address the 800-pound gorilla in the room. And that is? You said, back when I was fast. Now, if, <laughs> if my memory serves me right, in the past six months, you've ran a sub-five-minute mile and you've broken two state records. That's kind of a slap in the face to us non-fast people. Well, I apologize to, <laughs> <laughs> to those folks. Uh, but when I come – you know, I've
1: always said this. There's always somebody faster. There's always somebody That's slower. True. And, you know, for, for a, a sub-five-minute mile – to a college athlete is like a turtle, right? But to us, it's fast. To, to a 55-year-old, it's fast. To a 18-year-old, 18-year-olds that can run sub-five minutes for the mile or a dime a dozen.
2: That's true. But you so, made it sound like you were like a seven-hour marathoner or something in this story. But, uh, but yeah, I get it. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe... Maybe dreams
1: and goals are the same thing. I think I kind of use those interchangeably because of the quote.
2: Um, you but, know, I heard somebody say one time, uh, "Goals are dreams with work boots on." That's a good way to put it. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's a little bit different perspective. Yeah,
1: and we all know that person who's stuck in the past, don't we? Yeah. Who just they just can't get by the fact that things are done are different today. Mm-hmm. The that that they don't have the same resources they had or they don't whatever the case may be um, there's a million there's a million directions we could go with that conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) but so many people uh, are living in the past and I'll, I'll never forget I talked about my mother a little while ago and I remember going into her house and it was so apparent that all she was doing was existing Mm-hmm. And she was existing because she pined for the past. Mm-hmm. She worried about what was and wasn't worried about what is to be. And I remember seeing that for several years. And it took her having congestive heart failure and being in the hospital to realize, you know, things really weren't that bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it woke her up. And then um, it completely changed her. Um, she strengthened her relationship with God at that point. And... Um, she realized there was something to live for today. That there mm-hmm. were reasons to be alive today, and there are reasons for all of those folks who are stuck in the past and are dwelling on something that happened. Maybe it's one event that happened in the past, something bad mm-hmm. that happened to somebody, and you see those people who, who they can't get past that thing. God can help them get past that thing.
2: Yeah, or it's or it's the guy. I mean, I, I know these people that you know they were a uh, they're. Fifty, sixty years old, and they were they were a high school football star, and they talk about those days as if it were to hear them talk. You would think it was yesterday, mm-hmm. but they've been having those conversations for forty years, and um, it it affects them. I mean, it 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 affects them in a negative way. I mean, it's it's good to have memories and milestones and and things like that, but that it's that's what they need to be is just memories and milestones. But we always need to be looking forward. We, if you don't have goals and dreams out in front of you, that's that's not a good thing. That's why we always talk about goals and dreams and, and having them written on your bathroom mirror and or however you do it, because that's keeping you looking forward. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to look back. And
1: that's where many of the people listening to this are. They're mm-hmm. in this, this, this marathon quest, uh, and that's a dream, mm-hmm. and that's a big goal. And as we've said We've got all those steps planned out, mm-hmm. and I did a video here recently after a run one day because it just hit me that we're doing all the macro planning. Mm-hmm. We've got all that. It's already there. The, the the underlying portion of what needs to be done is is done. The plan is there. The micro planning is what matters, and that's you every day getting up every day and getting done what you need to do, and that's for the the marathon program, but it applies to everything in life, right? Yeah, Everything I'm sitting here thinking,
2: do. what? Yeah, yeah, we've taken care of all the little steps. Usually, a lot of times when I'll put a goal up on my, my mirror, I have, I have the goal, and then I have all the steps yeah. to get to it. But in the Couch to Marathon, we've kind of taken care of all those little steps. So maybe we should just go. Maybe I should do this too. Just go into our bathroom mirror, and as big as the mirror is, just write twenty six point two. Yeah. I mean that would get your attention every morning, wouldn't it?
1: It would. If you
2: do that, send us a picture. I would love to see that. Yeah. And it um, would
1: motivate. That would be motivating. Yeah. To to have that right there. That in front that of
2: you. talk about a a focus on a goal. <laughs> that would be pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. One of the things I know about dreams and and I think this is a a, a good a good quote to end on is dreams never die unless you let them. Mhm.
0: If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably
2: met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to
0: runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things.
1: All right, so we're back, and I'm wondering— I, you've probably done this before, but one of the things that I'm doing this year is I started over um, and reading the Bible through in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really enjoy that. It's amazing how when you do that, the different things that you pick up on the second, the third, the fourth time you go through that, how you just, you read it differently. And it's, it's funny because we talk about how God is, is in the things that are happening today and mm-hmm. we'll see it tomorrow, the things that he's done. Well, when you read the Bible several times through, you see you
2: see that you, every verse takes on a new meaning depending on the season your life you're in.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's neat to see the way there's things in there that they're not prophecies, mm-hmm. but you you know what's coming later, and you see it, and you go, golly, that's where God planted a seed right mm-hmm. there. It's really cool, really cool. Um, hey, listen, a lot of people have asked about doing races on different dates other than what we have planned for the Couch to Marathon program. So I wanted to speak to those people for just a minute. I get it. I understand. For a lot of people, those races are important races for for you. Mm-hmm. And again, again, I get it. But heres I guess this is the way that I would look at it. There are people that can accelerate this plan and do more. Do more in a shorter period of time. I have no doubt there are people in this plan who could be running a marathon in June Mm -hmm. if they started now. No question about it. Um, But there's a lot of people who can't do that. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in a group that wants to do this, I caution you to do it according to that person who struggles the most. Don't do it according to the person who, who who. Finds it the easiest, right. uh, and, and go at that pace. Now, if you have an entire group who are, are, are really really athletic and and you feel like it's not going to be any problem, and you want to accelerate that program, and you want to do a marathon next December, then then have at it. You know that's that's up to you. Um, just know we're all going to be going at a different at a different pace at that point, and you're going to need to start that acceleration early. You mm-hmm. can't you can't just okay, it's time. You Can't
2: just cut three weeks out of the program and. That's right. You're
1: going to have to start training for that marathon while you're still training for the half marathon in order to get that done. And so just some things to think about. Um, You know, I'm willing to answer some questions about maybe how you do that if you want to send me some emails and some things to ask. (coughs) But again, I caution you, be careful about how fast you want to accelerate things. And again, if you're, if you're, let's say that, there's a, there's a, oh, we've got our 10K planned for, I, I can't remember the date, but our 10K is planned for a particular date. Well, let's say that you don't have a 10K close by and you want to run a close by race. And that 10K is two weeks later. And at that point in time, we'll already be into training for that half marathon. You can do that. Mm-hmm. That's Okay. You can put it off for a week or two and, and do it and put it in the middle it's better of better
2: to morning. go later than earlier, though.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and for some people, they might be able to go a week earlier, maybe right. a week earlier, but not too much more than that. So, um, so just be careful. Um, we've said it a million times. We opened up this podcast with it. Don't do too much. Right. There's resist.
2: Rest- just resist the temptation because it's— we're we're athletes. That's that's our nature is to do more, hurt worse, you know, all those things. But with training, with the volume of training, it can it can put you on the sideline. It can mm-hmm. make you hurt. It can it, you can wind up hurt and not being able to finish this. So yeah. it's you know even though you may say, well, I feel like I'll be a little undertrained, you know, for my taste come into that marathon doing it this way. I would rather come into a race a little undertrained than injured. Yeah. is going to take you out. Right. Undertrained is when you're just a little undertrained. Even though I don't think anybody's going to be undertrained for this. We're we're going to we're going to be spot on uh on the day of the marathon, but um yeah, just trust us. Trust, trust the training. Us. Um we have a lot of people who want to want to change it, and that's o that's okay. To have that desire, but um, this is this this plane is built for a specific purpose, and uh, just trust us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's time for trivia question time,
1: and and this question comes up because I was trying to think of a person who was a marathoner um, who started at a humble beginning. Let's say. And so that's who this woman is. So there, there was a woman of Japanese descent that held, a, held the world record in the marathon and the half marathon at different points. Um, she began running when she came to the United States in the 1960s. Hmm. Who was she? I have no idea. And I would but say. But that's impressive. I, I, if there's anybody that knows this off the top of, my, off the top of their head, A, they, need, they have to be as old as I am. and b you got to be really good at your running history uh to know this one i think this one's going to take some real digging from some folks
2: so uh so for everybody out there who says i'm too old to start this program take a look at this lady well now
1: this was she started she didn't start in her 60s this was in the nineteen sixties.
2: Oh, the nineteen so sixties. May, may, My yeah. bad. Maybe okay. I should have said that. Yeah, okay. 19- I thought 1960s. you said. I thought you were saying she was in her sixties, and yeah. maybe she held the record for her age group. Yeah. Okay. So this, she came to the U.S. in the sixties. Yep. She was of Japanese descent, and she held the world record for the marathon and half marathon at different times.
1: Yeah, and there's some. There's a little bit of a. I've read a couple of different things, but I saw a movie. Um, that was made for about her life. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a movie out there uh, about this lady. And it basically pictured her as coming to the United States and then she meets this guy, and this guy's a runner and she wants to get to know him better. He eventually becomes her husband. But because she wants to know him better, that's why she starts running. And so, uh, <laughs> and then she becomes not only a marathoner, but an ultra marathoner eventually. So, um, anyway. Mm. Check That's that out. interesting. See if yeah, I don't. Fig- I don't know that one. See if you can figure out who that is. And it is time to share why running is so awesome. And I may have shared this one before because it is such a, a big one. Um, running is affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, shoes can be relatively expensive, but there's nothing else that you need as a runner that has to be expensive. Um, I. Running is my life, right? Mm-hmm. Everything I do revolves around running. I don't I spend $18 on the shorts that I wear. <laughs> so, I know there are people out there who have spent $40 on a pair of running shorts. That's or great. Or more. Yeah, <laughs> or more. That's great. That's fine. There's nothing I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying you can do it cheaper if you want if you want to do it cheaper. And if you're for some people that's an important item. Mm-hmm. And for some people they've got the money and 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 that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you're a runner, um, you don't have to go there, and you don't have to dig deep into your pockets. Like, I know people who are golfers, mm. and first of all, golf equipment is expensive. Mm-hmm. But even after the equipment, you got to pay to play, and it's expensive. Yeah, very expensive. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a pair of running shorts every time you play. Right. So, <laughs> um, and, and uh, t-shirts. You know, if you're a runner. Uh once Get you become a runner, you're gonna have so many T shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you really need. Uh and again, uh socks, you know, we a lot of people spend a lot of money on socks, spend $15 a pair on socks. The socks I wear, $3 a pair. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I mean, that, and I like them. And it's the, I've been wearing them now for, I've been wearing the same socks now, not the same pair, <laughs> <laughs> the same brand of socks. I buy more as they wear out. I wear holes in them eventually and throw them out. And then, uh, but I've been wearing the same ones probably 20 years.
2: I've been wearing the same ones for 10 years. It's, it's, the it's the kind where you, you can buy six pair for. 20 bucks. They yep. come in the big packs. And, yep. That's why um, I buy them. Yeah you, yeah. you start buying them one pair at a time and they get really expensive. Yeah. And of course, there's a bunch
1: of other stuff out there that you can, that you can buy. Yeah. Um, you know, you can buy a GPS watch and GPS watches can be very expensive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you can also use your phone
2: that does the same thing a GPS watch does these days. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. You, luckily, I get the hand-me-downs now. I yeah. Get, you know, Lane used to get my hand-me-downs now. I get Wayne's hand me down, so it's funny how the tables turn
1: <laughs> and it's all good. so our motivational thought of the week is this: again, we're on this marathon theme, so the marathon is not really about the marathon, it's about the struggle mm-hmm. and and it's not only the marathon but the training mm-hmm. and this uh this comes from Bill Buffum, um, he's from the Boulder Road Runners. And the Boulder Roadrunners is a very, that is a very well-known group. You know, I run this USATF Masters Championship every year, and there's always a team from Boulder there. Hmm. Boulder is a running mecca. It's not only a running mecca; it's a, it's a triathlon. A lot mm-hmm. of athletes there. A lot of altitude. Yeah, because of the altitude. I remember uh, talking the Run for God Boulder connection here that that I have. My my, my personal story is, I was in Tallahassee. And I was running one of those USATF races. And this guy comes running across the field. I'm about to start a race. He comes running across this field. And he says, hey, hey, you're Dean, aren't you? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Where's this going? Yeah. And uh, and he, he says, hey, you, you know, I know, I've watched your Run for God stuff. And he said, I really believe in what you guys are doing. And it's great to see folks out there with a good faith and, and doing doing things for the running community. So thank you for what you do. And I thought, man, that's so awesome, right? Yeah. So. Never told me that story. Have I never told no. you that? Well, no. <laughs> well, listen to this. It goes one step further. I go home and I'm like, well, who is this guy? His name was Doug Bell, and um, it turns out Doug Bell was a world record holder. Really? Doug Bell wasn't just as just as somebody that just happened to have happened up on run for God stuff, but Doug Bell now is. He's he's in his mid 60s. Uh-huh. Um, I think maybe he just turned 65, maybe. Uh, but was still running sub 38 k's at 60 wow. years old. Wow! So um, yeah, he's a he, he's a fast guy. He owns a, he did own a running store in um, in Boulder. He has since sold that running store, and now he's he does some. Uh, I guess he he helps out uh, the homeless, mm-hmm. and that's what he's basically what he does for his job these days. I've never so, heard that story. Yeah, yeah. cool. So and again, this whole idea of the marathon, it's the experience that's great. And it's what makes this group so great is mm-hmm. being able to do this as a group and experience this as a group and having somebody to go and share with that understands what you're going through. You know, when when you go through something tough and somebody else is going through it with you, there's a bond that's created there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's like army. Folks that were in the army, that bond that people that, that shared a foxhole have, right, there's nothing like it. I mean, mm-hmm. the only thing maybe stronger than that is, you know, it's, it's, fam- it's familial. Right. Right. So, yeah, it makes it great. So, hey, listen, we're headed for a great 2021. As Mitchell is fond of saying, 2020 was the year of the dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> 2021 is the year that makes
2: things better. It's going to be better this year. It's
1: going to be better this year. And 20- January 2022, we're going to mm. do
2: something fan. I think we're going to make a statement in Orlando in 2022. And it's going to be it's, fantastic. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see what God's going to do here.
1: Amen. So go out there and and share this podcast with other people. Let other folks know who we are. Make sure that you go out there and you rate us and you tell other people about us and we just want to make sure that we're sharing Christ with as many people as possible. And we've done that today in this podcast. And so this is a great way to find that person who may be a runner out there and doesn't know who Christ is. Maybe this is a good way to share with them.
2: You know, on that note, and and I know a lot of people on here are not on the, the we call it the God Winks text list, but it's anytime somebody makes a decision to follow Christ through the Run for God ministry, not as a result of anything you or I are doing, but— through this ministry, they have an outlet where they can let us know. In the past seven days, we've had eight salvations. Yeah. Eight salvations in seven days as a result of of what God is doing through this ministry, but also as a result of the support that we get from these Run Club members, instructors, students. Um, these are the people who make it possible for us to wake up every day trying to figure out how to shine the light of Jesus to a lost and dying world, primarily through the sport of running. And uh, if, you, if you don't have those God wink texts, if you don't get those, look on the social media pages. There's instructions on how to do that. Um, but they're those are the highlights of my day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, when those come through, we had two days last week where three came in each day. Yeah. And uh, it's just incredible because that shows that while... You and I are sleeping. God is working. And
1: uh, it's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah, if you haven't signed up for those, do that. And listen, if you're out there and you are sharing um, with other folks, God bless you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for all that you do. Because the truth is, is that without you, um, we don't have a place to do this. Mm -hmm. And so uh, thank you for being who you are and being faithful. Now, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Daniel.
0: For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.